shout hallelujah. Lift up your hands whenever you are say, I declare that Jesus is my Lord. That I have life. Abundant life. And by his stripes, I'm healed. His blood is flowing in me. And if Jesus cannot be sick, I cannot be sick. In Jesus' name. Let me touch that to do that, amen. Please help me welcome your neighbor to welcome to church. Tell him or her that this week is going to be a proper harvest week. Did you hear me? Tell your neighbor. Tell neighbor. This week is going to be a proper harvest week. To believe, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to have a family meeting just after the service. I mean, message. I'd like you to hang around. It's a meeting that will not last more than 10 15 minutes. Praise the Lord. But it's very important to know that um, we just have a we just had our um, anniversary. I say new church here is starting immediately without wasting time. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of things that we need to do in this new year, so there should be a change. We want to have this place overflown with people. Every Sunday service we want to have canopy outside there. And somebody says it's possible. Praise the Lord. If that is our desire, then it is done. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning I want to speak very quickly on what I call the two kinds of righteousness. The two kinds of righteousness. Lack of understanding of righteousness is the problem of the body of Christ. Even pastors, big names of big churches, do not have a grip of what it means when you say righteousness. Praise the Lord. I'd like you to read. Romans 10 verse 3 for me. Romans 10 verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. 
for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Praise the Lord. Romans 10, verse 3 to 4. Father, in Jesus' name, thanks for the privilege to stand here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the revelations. Thank you for the understanding. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the promotion. Thank you for the blessings this morning. In Jesus' name. Glory be to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now I'd like you to, re- to look at that scripture one more time. It says, it says, For they be ignorant of God's righteousness. There are so many people that are ignorant of, righteous, of God's righteousness today. And he said, it goes further to say, and seeking to establish their own righteousness. That gives us two righteousness. God's own righteousness and man's own righteousness. Praise the Lord. And he said that those who try to establish their own righteousness only have refused to submit to the righteousness of God. And that's a disobedience. Praise the Lord. And that is one of the greatest sins any believer can commit. Keep trying to establish your own righteousness. And that means you have refused to submit to the righteousness of God. And verse 4 says, For God, no, for Christ is the end of the law. Praise the Lord. Christ is the end of the law, meaning that when you receive Christ, the law has been put aside. Praise the Lord. As for righteousness to everyone who believes. Meaning that when you give a life to Christ, you have a righteousness for everyone. Uh, you have the righteousness that God's righteousness for everyone who believes. Praise the Lord. So what I want to do this morning is to quickly look at the two sides and let us have a clear understanding of God's righteousness and man's righteousness. Praise the Lord. Now, self-righteousness first, before I talk about the God's righteousness. Number one, first righteousness. This is the act of trusting on one's own ability. That's trusting on your own action before God. Coming before God with the consciousness of your performance. Coming before God with the consciousness of your performance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Believing in your own ability or your efforts before God. Having that pride and doing well. And so God has no choice but to bless you. That is self-righteousness. We believe that our standing before God is based on our action to obey the law. We believe our justification is a function of what we do or what we fail to do. 
Praise the Lord. So self-righteousness is a school of thought that believes though Jesus has done his own, we need to do our own to add to what Jesus has done to receive God's blessing. Somebody say God forbid. What Jesus did was perfect. There is nothing to add, there is nothing to remove. For so many believers out there believe that, oh yes, Jesus has done it. We still need to do our own. To add to what Jesus has done. And they forget that Jesus is God. That you want to add to what God has done, which is God is so perfect. You want to make it perfect? It's a new song. It's song to the integrity of Jesus. People who try to establish their own righteousness. Let me take you to the book of Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 10. We read. 18, verse 10. We read 1 to 14. Luke 18, 18, verse 10 to 14. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The, the Pharisee stood and pray thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other man, the exceptional, unjust, adulterer, or even as this desolator. I fast twice a day. I give thanks to all that I possess. Of all that I possess, rather. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would know so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went home to his house justified, rather than the other, for everyone who exhausts himself will be humbled. And he who humbled himself will be exalted. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can see one operating in self-righteousness and the other operating in God's own righteousness. The one operating in God's own righteousness acknowledges the fact that he is a sinner. Praise the Lord. He didn't mention it in his way. Oh Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. But the other one, Roll out what he's doing. He said he prays 24 hours a day. He fasts. He did, he, he did that. He did that. He, uh, he paid his side. He paid his offering. He contributed. He go for evangelism. And so he thinks that he has qualified for God's righteousness. There is no amount of self-performance that can take you to that level of God's righteousness. 
That's why God said that even our own righteousness before God is a filthy rag. Praise the Lord. There is no way you can follow the law or whatever you do. Even as you are doing itself, you are committing sin. Your heart alone, what to think alone, what to see alone is sinful. So no man can claim to be perfect and obtain God's righteousness. God's righteousness is a gift. Praise the Lord. So our ability to obey the law, our ability to decide what is right or wrong, are all self-righteousness that cannot meet with God's righteousness. Praise the Lord. Now, God's righteousness, take it from the book of Let's read 2 Corinthians 5 21. 2 Corinthians 5 21. It gives us a good. For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Praise the Lord. So why Jesus came to share his blood on the cross is to take away our sins and then give us his own righteousness. He took the sin upon himself. He had no sin. He took the sin upon himself and suffered the penalty. And then gave us his own righteousness. There has no blemish. Praise the Lord. So when you receive Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, you automatically receive the righteousness of God. And you are expected to walk in the consciousness of that status. Righteousness is a status that you are given. When you receive it, you are receiving it. You don't grow in it. You don't reduce in it. That's what people should know. You don't reduce in it. It is a status, a fixed status for every believer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, righteousness means the right standing with God. Right standing, meaning you are standing right before God. You have nothing incriminating on you, nothing. No stain. Because your standing is not what you do. Your standing is in what Jesus has done. As long as Jesus can stand before God in purity, you are in that same state of standing before God in purity. Praise the Lord. So God, through Jesus Christ, gave us his righteousness through the shedding 
of his blood. The blood washed us clean from every sin and made us righteous. The blood that was shed has washed us clean and made us righteous. Somebody say, I'm righteous. No matter what happens, no matter the mistake I made, no matter how I feel, I'm still righteous. Because the righteousness I have is not my making. It's made by Jesus. Given to me as a gift. And I have received it. Come on, shout amen. So God's own righteousness is actually God's own state of goodness imputed on us by faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Too often we associate righteousness with good works. No. Righteousness is not about good works. Because we are the ones that consider it good works. What we consider good works before God is pity. Dirty. Praise the Lord. But at our own level, we, t- we call it good work. But before God, it's a pity round. Because what you think alone before you do that, your 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 thoughts, your eyes, your, your expectation alone, surrounding the good, so-called good work you think you are doing, are all hitting right. That is not to say that striving to do good, for our understanding, is not good or is not welcome. But it's not the basis for our standing before God. We are expected to do good as much as we can to help us. Like our guest minister said, and I have talked about that before, I've talked to you about judgment before. And thank God he came and confirmed that judgment. And as a believer, judgment whether you are going to heaven or not, has been concluded. It's a faith accomplished. It's either you, 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 you receive Christ and be heavenly bound, or you don't receive Christ and hell bound. Once you receive Christ, you are heavenly bound. You are not trying to be saved. You are saved. It's not a continual tense. It's a, it's a passage. So as many as receive, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that as many as believe in Him shall do what? Have everlasting life. You shall be saved and have everlasting life. Saved. So when you receive Christ, you automatically come. Christ is the Savior. So when you receive Him, you are automatically saved. And when you receive, you cannot lose it. 
Because it is not your ability to have received it. It is his own ability. It is not your making to receive it. He made it possible that you receive it. Praise the Lord. So you have no any contribution to him being in you. He is the maker. He is the author and finisher of our faith. So when you receive Christ, you receive heaven. When you receive Christ, you receive what? Heaven. You will automatically become a candidate of heaven. Hallelujah. A bona fide member of heaven council. You are a member of heavenly council. Because that council will be the one that will judge the angels. Praise the Lord. The council uh, that the judgment before the white throne requires you and to sit with Jesus as a member of the heavenly council. You judge the angels. Praise the Lord. <laughs> a fourth judgment is that you receive Christ and you are judged. Like I said here, some time ago, and uh, I'm trying to explain, uh, Jesus told the disciples, uh, I mean, his disciples, and the fact he sent them out to heal people, and they came back, they were happy. So uh, we, we're happy, and Jesus said, that is not where it is. That's, what is in that? You should, you should only rejoice that your name is written in the book of heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So uh, the book of life, so like I told people, people do it, so I try to make sure that your name is written in the book of life. It's not that, it's not, it's not, it's not that you are making sure that your name is written. Everybody's name is in the book of life. The sinners, as long as you are a living being, as long as God created you, your name is in the book of life. The book of life is not an exclusive preserve for the believer. Praise the Lord. So, everybody's name is in the book of life. But when you receive Christ, your name from the book of life is also translated to the book of heaven. Immediately. When you refuse to receive Christ and you die, you delete from the book of life and go to hell. But when you receive Christ, you are translated to heaven immediately. You are automatic candidate of heaven. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. Be glad that your name is written in the book of heaven. Praise the Lord. But when you receive to receive Christ, you refuse to receive Christ, you see have opportunity as long as you are living. But when you die and you really receive him, you are deleted from the book of life and sent to hell. Praise the Lord. We can grow in the Lord. We can develop spiritually. 
But righteousness is not something we can work to attain. We cannot grow into it because it is a gift from God. Hallelujah. Righteousness is one is, 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 is another way of talking about our relationship with God. Praise the Lord. Our relationship with God does not wail, does not wither, does not, does not wail here and there. It's just there. That's our relationship with God. Because it is coming from God. The only one that works is our fellowship with God. The fellowship is coming from us. And that's why it waves. How is your fellowship with God? How many times do you talk to your God a day? How many times, how often do you call him to your decisions? How often do you worship him? How often do you meditate on his word? This is your fellowship. And the more you fellowship with him, the more you have his power. Praise the Lord. The more you have his divine leading. When you fellowship with him, the more you are closer to him. Now if a, a, a king has children, a king may have children and, and he loves them the same way. Praise the Lord. They are all his children. They are entitled to what he has. Yes. Whether one is stubborn or not. Some may be stubborn, some are level-headed. But they are all entitled to his word the same way as children. Praise the Lord. The only way their character defines a difference is that because of their level-headed, those who are level-headed, those who get closer to their father, may get certain information that those who are who do not get close to him. And that is not the fault of the father. Praise the Lord. So as believers, our fellowship is where we say we are doing this. We, uh, we pay tithes, we are coming to church, we are praying and all that. So that gives us the privilege of having things from him more than the others. But his love for you and even the other one that he does not see who in the week is still the same way. Praise the Lord. He loves us all on the same level. But our fellowship defines what we gain from him. Definitely. The one that is always coming to you every time. And sometimes when you can even have something on the hand and is it there? Who do you give? Is it not the one that praise the Lord? That is where our work counts. Not about heaven. Heaven is a gift. We are all qualified for it if we have received Christ. What you do is for yourself. You go to church, it's for yourself. You meditate on God's word, it's for yourself. You pay your tithe, it's for yourself. 
It's just to count for you. It's not for God. Your work is to help you. To be a blessing to you. Not God. Hallelujah. In Romans 3, verse 22 to 23, in God's great plan of redemption, God made provision for all who believe in Jesus to have right standing before him. In God's plan of redemption, God makes that plan to make sure that everyone that has received Jesus has right standing before God. So it is very essential for us to understand that we have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. A lack of understanding of righteousness holds more people in bondage. Lack of understanding of righteousness holds more people in bondage than perhaps anything else. When you don't have a good understanding of God's righteousness, you are in bondage. That's when they will tell you this. They tell you what is not. Things that will hold you. Ah, you have this or you have that. That is something you should do. Ah, there's something buried in your in your coffin. Oh, that is a spiritual husband somewhere. All, All that are babadash. Because when you keep, when you receive Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. You don't have past. You are somebody that has never existed before, just began to exist. So whatever they have done in your father's family has no hold on you. Your foundation is Jesus. You can have God's foundation and begin to begin to run up and down for uh, 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 for safety or whatever. Hallelujah! You are a new creation, a new being. That's why I tell people when you say second birth, don't again it's not second birth. It's a wrong thing, it's a wrong terminology. It's not second birth. Born again is a new birth. A new birth. Not second birth. When you say second birth, that gives you the, 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 the mentality that you are refurbished, you are improved upon. No, it's not something that, it's not as if they improve upon you and make you better. No, you are a brand new being. Hallelujah. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Oh, things are passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror, that is who I 
Hallelujah. You can walk before God at any time and talk to God without confidence, without thinking of your past. You don't have a past. A believer does not walk in past. A believer does not have past. It's new every day. It's new every morning. No yesterday. That's why God said, I cannot see your past. I can't see your sin. I cannot remember them. He said, I can't see them. All I see is your newness in Christ. Hallelujah. And that is why the accuser of the brethren have been defeated in your life. When the Bible says that when Jesus finished with the devil, he put him under our feet. The devil can only accuse those who have a past of their sin. You do not have past of a sin. The devil cannot accuse you anymore. You are not, you are not accusable anymore. He is defeated, he is defeated forever. He has no record of your past or present to God. We are cleansed. First John, John 1.7 makes, makes it clear we are cleansed from sin by, blood, by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are cleansed from sin by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And because we are cleansed from our sin by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is why the Bible commands us or admonishes us or encourages us to come before the throne of God with boldness. He said that you have nothing to incriminate you, you before God. Come before God with what boldness. No matter where you have failed, come before Godness to the throne of grace. And at the throne of grace, you have whatever you have. You have mercy. At the throne of grace, what do you get? Mercy. 
What is mercy? What, what is the difference between God's mercy and God's grace? When you go boldly before God, you obtain what? Mercy at the throne of grace. Mercy means that you do not have the punishment that you deserve. That is mercy. Now, okay, maybe I just I caught somebody trying to see my paws and by law that is stealing and it will go to jail. Praise the Lord. And I just said, well, please don't do that again. No, that is mercy. That is when you do not receive the punishment that you deserve. Mercy. You do not receive the punishment that you deserve. Praise the Lord. But when you are trying at the grace, at the throne of grace, grace is you getting what you don't deserve. The blessing you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment you deserve. Grace is getting the blessing you don't deserve. Hallelujah. I will clear here. The blessing you don't deserve. Praise the Lord. You, you receive it. You don't deserve the blessing. You receive it. That is grace. So the Bible says, it says, let's come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find what we have and what we need in time of uh, need. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is somebody here in the next seven days you will going to receive a blessing you don't deserve. There is somebody here in the next seven days, but in the next Sunday, you will come here and tell us the testimony of a blessing you receive that you do not deserve. If that person is here, can I have, can I have a higher amen? Hallelujah. And there is somebody here who have done something wrong and you are afraid that it will, it will, it will backfire. There is somebody here who are thinking that it will backfire. But I tell you, I prophesy, mercy is awaiting you. Receive the mercy of God. Receive the mercy of God. Receive the mercy of God. Lift your hand and shout a big amen. amen. And that's why Romans says that there's now, he said there's now no condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can't suffer any condemnation anymore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you have understanding revelation of your righteousness, of your right standing before God, you can step out at any time. Step out from the religious line. 
step out of tradition step out of laws and walk in total freedom praise the lord so if somebody is saying, look, I see you are, you are, you are, something like this is happening in your home, in your family. If you have the understanding of your status as a righteous, you step out of seat with confidence and no, no qualms. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are conscious of your right standing before God, nothing by enemies can harm you. If you are conscious, the main thing is be conscious of who we have become. Your consciousness activates the power and the blessings. When you know who you are, your enemy knows who you are. Praise the Lord. Now, when you know who you are, that alone scares the enemy away. Praise the Lord. And when the policeman accosts you on the road and trying to quote love for you, and then you are able to quote the right law for him and letting him know what you have done and what the punishment is he will step back praise the lord because this one know what he's doing praise the lord but if you don't know the we will charge you ten thousand for an offense of two thousand because you don't know so the devil runs away from those who are conscious of their, of their righteousness. The devil cannot put any sickness on you. They cannot rob you of anything because you know who you are. You will claim it. You will tell him to go to hell. And he must do. Must obey. Praise the Lord. That is how it works in the kingdom. It is having the knowledge of who you are and operating in that realm. Then you become extraordinary. Look, as a believer, you are not an ordinary person. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. This world belongs to you. The world is yours. As a believer, the world is yours. And you can do anything you like. You have the freedom to do whatever you like. The world is yours. A prince can do anything he wants to do in the palace. Because the father is the king. Praise the Lord. His father is the king and he is the prince. And he walks as he likes. He eats what he wants. He commands what he wants. Command anything he likes. Because the palace is old as a prince. You also have the freedom to command anything because the world is yours. Somebody said the world belongs to me. I am free to have what I desire 
am free to do what I want to do. I am free to say what I want to say. I have nothing to fear. I am free. I am free. I am free. Somebody shout, I'm free. Come to your feet. Thank you, God, the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You are the Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. Take it again. You are the Alpha and Omega. We worship you, Alpha. Blessing of the Lord upon your life in the day and in the night. In the name of Jesus, evil shall not see you. In the name of Jesus, good things are surrounding you. Good things are surrounding you. Your hands are blessed. You will touch good things. Your legs are blessed. You walk in dominion. In the name of Jesus, listen to me. There is a perfume of God upon your life. Wherever you go, people will rise to help you. Before you ask for one blessing, you will get two. In the name of Jesus, receive double honor. Receive double honor. Receive double honor. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name settle. Somebody shout Amen.
Holy Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to hear your word this morning. Holy Spirit, divine, have your way. Speak through me in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So, um, we are still um, in grace and sin. Grace and sin. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to take off from where mommy stopped. But I titled my um, discourse this morning as Grace, the gift of love. Grace, the gift of love. Praise the Lord. Can we open our books? Grace Amplified to page 83. Page 83. 83. Praise the Lord. Why I titled it um, Grace, a gift of love, is because um, it is love that cushions grace. Praise the Lord. Love cushions grace. Without love, I dare say there will be no grace. Praise the Lord. Without love, there will be no grace. So grace is what pushes, I mean, love is what pushes grace. Praise the Lord. Um, I hope we all remember what we said grace is. The usual meaning that everybody will normally say is, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is undeserved favor. Praise the Lord. I wrote here, grace is the love of God shown to the unloving. Praise the Lord. Grace is the love of God shown to the unloving. Why? Why do I say to the unloving? Because while we were still in sin, he loved us and he gave us that gift. Praise the Lord. We didn't understand the meaning of the love of God. We didn't know it. So in that darkness state, he loved us and decided to give us grace. Praise the Lord. He decided to shower upon us grace. He decided to love us just the way we are. He decided to favor us just the way we are. He didn't require anything from us for him to shower us with grace. He didn't need any effort from us. He didn't need us to do something before he gave us grace. Praise the Lord. Grace is a spontaneous gift from God to people. Praise the Lord. Grace is a spontaneous gift. He just decided to do it. It's a spontaneous gift from God to people. Generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved. Grace is an attribute of God. Praise the Lord. Grace is an attribute of God. I wrote here, you cannot purchase grace and you cannot earn it by working. Grace cannot, grace cannot be bought. 
and you cannot earn it by working or by doing anything. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to read from this book now. Coming into Christ as a believer sets you free from the dominion of the law. Coming into Christ as a believer sets you free from the dominion of law, which means that sin no longer has a way to find you guilty, guilty and to condemn and punish you. Sin cannot use the law anymore to condemn you. Praise the Lord. So what that paragraph is talking about is the minute you become a believer, the minute you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the minute you believe in him, you are free from the law. Praise the Lord. You are free from the law. You are no longer under the law. You are not to be controlled by the law. You are not to be, um, to be at the receiving end of the law. Praise the Lord. That is why Daddy said here, yeah, he said, as a believer, it sets you free from the dominion of law. So law does not have any dominion over you anymore. You are free from it. Because now you have said, I belong to Jesus. I have decided to do the things that Jesus Christ wants me to do. He is my master. I am his subject. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it, it, it goes further to say, which means that sin no longer has a way to find you guilty. Praise the Lord. You know, in, in, um, in, a, in a system, let me just say in a system, you have some people, and because you're living in that area, you are subject to whatever they say. Praise the Lord. Because you have chosen to live in that area, you are subject to whatever rule operates there. So if in that place somebody goes to steal, the law that applies to somebody that steals is what will apply to that person. Praise the Lord. If you steal and the law says for stealing, you are going to be sentenced for five years. No, no option of fine. That is what you will do. Praise the Lord. That is what that person will serve. Because that is what the law requires of them. Praise the Lord. And they are subject to that law. So, but here we are made to understand because we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are free from that law. We are no longer under that law. Now we know Jesus Christ. Now we know what we enjoy or what belongs to us through Jesus Christ. So, law cannot tell us what to do again. Law cannot put us in subjection, except you yourself put yourself under the subjection of the law. Praise the Lord. So he's saying law cannot find us guilty anymore. And to condemn and punish you. Law cannot do that anymore because you are not subject to the law anymore. Blessing will say grace has found us. Grace found us. Praise the Lord. So sin cannot use the law anymore to condemn you. Sin cannot use the law anymore to condemn you. Which means as you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are no longer living in sin. Praise the Lord. Um, when we were still in the other side there, I came to church that day and I just slept off. And I think it was a dream. And what I heard that day was that 
God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. Praise the Lord. God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. And if God sees you and I through the eyes of Jesus, it means we have no sin, no blemish, no sin, nothing. It means we are clean. Praise the Lord. So sin cannot use the law anymore to condemn you. Therefore, you yourself, you don't have any right to condemn yourself. Praise the Lord. It is important to see, I'm back to the book now, it is important to see that everyone is positioned either under the law or under the grace. Before a person lives in Christ and is born again, he or she is under the law of God. Before you became born again, before you knew about God, before you heard about God, you were not born again, you were under the law of God. The other day I was talking to one of my clients and I said, oh, Ma, take, because she's an elderly person, I said, Ma, take it easy. And she's a deaconess. I said, Ma, take it easy. You don't need to um, um, reply these people the way they are talking to you. He said, eh, if they slap you on one side, turn the other face to them, let them slap the other one. Praise the Lord. He said she's not uh, all those who say, oh, but thank God, God is taking everything away. I said, hey, mommy, now you are talking. Praise the Lord. So what I'm trying to say is, we are not under that law anymore. Romans 3 verse 19. He or she is in the domain of the law. That is whoever is not, I mean, is under the law of God. You are in the domain of the law. You are in the area of the law. You are in the system of the law. So whatever applies under the law applies to that person. As long as they are under the law, there is no amount of good behavior they could do that could take them out of the domain and dominion of the law and bring them into the domain of grace. Praise the Lord. So no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, that can take you out of the domain of the law. Praise the Lord. No matter what you do, the only thing that can take you out of the domain of the Lord is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe in Him. Praise the Lord. So, that is saying here, there is no amount of good behavior they could do that could take them out of the domain and dominion of the law and bring them into the domain of grace. The only way to come out of the law and into grace is to have faith in Christ and be born again. Praise the Lord. So the only way you can leave the domain of the law, the only way you cannot be subject to the law is for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. And to believe in him. Once you are born again, you came into the domain of grace. The minute you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the minute you confess him as your Lord, you leave the domain of the law and you come into the domain of grace because now you have said, I have decided to come under Jesus Christ. I have decided to be ruled by him. I have decided to be in union with Christ. Praise the Lord. That is what he's saying there. You cannot be in both domains. It is spiritually impossible. You can only ever be in one. You can either be in the domain of the law or you can be in the domain of grace. Either law or grace. If you are not born again, then you are under the law. It's as simple as that. If you do not know Jesus Christ, 
if you've not decided to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not born again, then you're still living under the law. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're not born again, I have told you what it is to be born again. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you are still under the mastership of law. You are still being ruled by the law. Praise the Lord. If you are born again, then you are under grace. Praise the Lord. If you are born again, you are living in the domain of grace. You have subjected yourself to Jesus Christ. You have come under the rulership of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Once you are born again and under grace, there is no amount of bad behavior that can take you out of the domain of grace. You know, we read something like that at the upper part just now, that there is no amount of good behavior that you put up that will bring you, take you away from law and take you into grace. Praise the Lord. Now, he's also saying, once you are born again and under grace, there is no amount of bad behavior that can take you out of the domain of grace and back to the domain of law. Praise the Lord. I want to ask a question. Is it possible for somebody who has been saved to become unsaved? Praise the Lord. Is it possible for somebody who has received salvation for that person to, to become unsaved? Who said yes? Care to enlighten us? Get to enlighten us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the thing there is, the main because, like I said, like this book is telling us. We didn't do anything to receive what we received from God. We didn't put in any effort. He looked at us and saved us through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So by our own effort, we were not saved. I mean, we were not, um, Jesus Christ did not die for no, let me put it like this. What, what I'm trying to say is, we didn't do anything to be saved. We didn't work to, this, to be saved. We didn't put in any effort to be saved. It is just at the discretion of God. So there is no way the minute you have been saved that you can become unsaved. But the, what Daddy told us the other day, if we remember very well, is that by yourself you can break the relationship. You cannot break the fellowship, or you can break the relationship. How? By moving away from the presence of God. But we have been saved. We have been saved by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do we understand? So if somebody comes to you and asks you, are you saved? Even you that you are doing this, you are doing that. Let that person know that Jesus Christ has done everything for you. You don't need to put in any effort. Praise the Lord. So, it is telling us here that there is no amount of bad behavior that can take you out of the domain of grace. What God has done, He has done it. 
So whether you are bad or not, it will take you out of grace. Whether you are good or not, it will take you back into law. Praise the Lord. So what Daddy is trying to tell us here is that God gave his son, Jesus Christ, for our sake, for you and I. Praise the Lord. You didn't do anything for you to earn grace. I didn't do anything for me to earn grace. But God just looked at us, loved us, and shed that grace for us through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So do we understand now? It says good, good behavior did not get you into the domain of grace. And bad behavior cannot take you out of it. Good behavior did not put you into that domain. So bad behavior cannot take you out of it. So some people that will say, ah, I have seen no, let me go and ask for forgiveness. I have seen no, let me go and ask for forgiveness. No. Praise the Lord. It has been done, it has been done. Praise the Lord. But what is required of us is to believe in Jesus Christ, study the word. Praise the Lord. And as you study the word, believe in the word so that it can deliver the promises in the word to you. Praise the Lord. It has nothing to do with behavior. It has to do with faith. Your right believing, which will automatically reflect in your conduct. Praise the Lord. When you believe right, how do you believe right? By studying the word. By hearing the word. When you hear the right things, it is in the Bible that you get the right things. It is in the Bible that you hear the truth. So when you hear the truth, when you believe in the truth that you are hearing, it will show in the way you talk. It will show in the way you move. It will show in the way you address things. It is common and expected. When the next question people will ask is, what then shall we Shall we sin? Okay, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Praise the Lord. And the answer was no. You cannot take grace for granted. You cannot say because uh, grace has been, has been given to me, then I can go on and sin. I can go on and do whatever it is. No, that is not what we are saying. Praise the Lord. That is not the explanation we are getting here. Praise the Lord. Yes, grace is undeserved favor. Yes, grace is what we did not merit and it was given to us. But we must take it to ask that somebody had to lay down his life for you and I to enjoy this grace. Praise the Lord. The minute you get to that point, you begin to walk in the light, in that understanding that somebody had to shed his blood. God had to give his only begotten son so that you and I can live without anybody stopping us. You and I can live without anybody questioning the ability that we have. You and I can be bold to talk about the things of God. Praise the Lord. That question is the right question to ask after you hear grace correctly taught. In fact, if our grace teaching does not provoke this question, then we are yet to teach grace the way it should be taught in its fullness. Praise the Lord. So what, what we, we have been told here is that 
if you don't have this side of question, you don't ask it, that means you don't understand what grace is. Praise the Lord. If you do not ask this question, oh, grace is, is in abundance now. Ah, I can do whatever I want to do. Praise the Lord, because that is the first thing that will come into people's mind. Ah, since there is grace, I can do whatever I want to do. So that is saying, if we do not have that question in our mind that, can I go on sinning and grace will abound? That means you don't understand what grace is all about. That means you don't understand what God did for you and I. That means maybe it has not been taught well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When Paul taught grace, this very question was provoked. Romans 6 verse 15. What then shall we what then shall we see? Because we are not under law but under grace. Of course, the answer is no. Paul clarifies this at the end of verse 15. Certainly not. But Paul asked this question because he knew that people would ask it. After the revelation of grace, he has just taught. Praise the Lord. Paul taught about grace, knowing that people will ask that question. That can, can, will grace abound when we go on sinning? And he said, no. You cannot take grace for granted. Praise the Lord. Grace is the personification of Jesus Christ. Grace is a gift, is a free gift. Grace is love. Praise the Lord. Grace is love. Why do I say grace is love? Because love pushes grace. It's not possible for me now if I do not love, um, let me use my younger sister. If I do not love my younger sister, and then I want, I want to pray for, for my younger sister. I will find it difficult. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I do not love my younger sister, I will find it difficult praying for her. I will find it difficult giving her anything or giving the children anything. But because of the love, that is why I'm, I find it easy to do what I do. Praise the Lord. So in this case now, God is not asking us for anything. All he's asking us to do is believe. Believe. That is all he's requesting of us. Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe he died for you and I. Believe what he did. For me, this shows that if someone is teaching about grace, and this question does not flash across the mind of the people, then the true grace is not taught. Your grace teaching has to show that a believer is no longer under the law. Praise the Lord. Our grace teaching, teaching must show that you, a believer, you are no longer under the law. You are not operating under the law again, like um, some people will say. Uh, Maybe if I, if I finish insulting the person, uh, I, I will go and ask for forgiveness now. No. No. What we are being taught here is for you to understand what you stand to enjoy as a believer under grace. We are no longer under the dispensation of law, and that is why we are taught grace. We should understand that we are in the dispensation of grace. We are in the dispensation where it allows us to come boldly before God. 
to talk to God, Jesus Christ has made that possible for us. We must understand that it is not that error whereby you commit a crime and then there is sin punishment for it. I mean, there is punishment for that crime that you committed. Praise the Lord. But we are in that era that you must understand that God loves us so much. He loves you and I that he gave his son for us. And in that believing and hearing the word of God, you are cleansed from the way that you used to live your life when you were under the law. Praise the Lord. There must be a difference now that you are under grace. There must be a difference. People must see that difference in you, in the way you talk, in the things you say, in the way you behave, in your conduct. Praise the Lord. Daddy has made us to understand that it's not by your good behavior that we are enjoying grace. It is not by your good behavior. It's not by your bad behavior. Praise the Lord. He has done it. He has done it. For me, okay, sorry, I've read that place. Your grace teaching has to show that a believer is no longer under the law and therefore that if they do sin, that sin no longer has any legal dominion over them. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? When you sin, sin does not have any legal right over you anymore. When you commit crime, don't say, hey, I have committed a crime. Oh, ah, what am I going to do? Praise the Lord. You start condemning yourself. Praise the Lord. Jesus loves you very much. And you must see yourself in that love. So sin does not have any legal dominion over you anymore. Sin cannot hold you responsible for whatever you have done. Sin cannot punish you anymore because it's just, it's, it's so simple. Okay, let me use this thing as an example. They said all civil servants must take vaccination. Praise the Lord. All civil servants must take vaccination. If you are not a civil servant, can you be forced to take vaccination? Did you hear me? All civil servants are requested, mandated to take vaccination. Now, if you are not a civil servant, how will they know if you don't take that you did not take vaccination? They won't know now. So it is only those who bring themselves into that domain, into that area that are forced to take that vaccination. But if you are not in that domain, you don't operate in that area, they can't force you to take vaccination. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sin cannot hold you responsible, cannot um, convict you. Sin cannot condemn you because you no longer operate in that domain. You are not subjected to law anymore. Praise the Lord. So until you can accept this revelation, you will never fully understand grace. Until you understand, until you see it, until you know that law does not have any hold over you anymore. Praise the Lord. You are a child of light. You must walk in that light. The word of God has made us to understand that where the spirit of God is, there is what? There is what? 
there is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. And as everybody is seated here, we have the spirit of the Lord inside of us. Praise the Lord. So you are free. You are liberty to come before your father. You are liberty to, you have access to come before him. Nothing is holding you back. Praise the Lord. This is the essence of grace. God does not want us to sin. But if we do sin, hear this. God does not want you and I to sin. But paraventure you sin. Here he says, then that sin is already legally pardoned. Praise the Lord. That sin has been pardoned. Over years, so many years ago. So if you are sinning now, nothing is holding you responsible because that's your sin that crime that you committed has been pardoned so many years back so don't nail yourself to the cross praise the lord i will take that again said then that sin is already legally pardoned or punished on jesus christ when you say something is legal it means you cannot go against it. That is the law. You cannot go against it. That sin has been legally pardoned. Nobody can bring it up again. You have been discharged and acquitted so many years ago. Praise the Lord. But this paragraph now went further. It said, does that mean that if we do sin, that sin has already been dealt with in Christ, does, does that denote that it is okay to sin? Of course not. It is not okay to sin. Praise the Lord. But it's just telling us to be aware that we are not ruled by sin. We are not controlled by sin. But we must also be aware that we are not expected to sin. Praise the Lord. God wants us to be free from sin. That is why he gave his son. So, we shouldn't sin. But if we do sin, we have one, Jesus Christ, who has taken the punishment for us and continually reveals our eternal innocence before the Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Mommy said, yeah, we are eternally innocent. We are eternally free. Praise the Lord. You know, I said something. I said, what I heard that day was that God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. And look at it here. He says, we shouldn't sin. But if we do sin, we have what? Who? Jesus Christ. Our mediator. Our propitiation who has taken the punishment for us and continually reveals our eternal innocence before the Father. So, when something happens, Jesus Christ is there for you. When you feel, ah, that's sin, Jesus Christ is already standing there for you. He is our advocate. He speaks on our, on our behalf. He defends us. Praise the Lord. And in the real sense of it, where there is no law, there is no sin to commit. It's as simple as that. Where there is no law, under grace there is no law now. 
So how can you commit sin? We are no longer under law. We are under grace. Praise the Lord. I said this story that first time we talked about this um, topic. I said in a small town in America, they said there was no prison. And everywhere was okay. Nobody was committing crime. Nobody was being punished. Everything was just going smoothly. But when they started building prison, crimes started increasing. Because they became aware. Uh -huh. So if I commit this crime, this is what happens. Praise the Lord. Do you know some people enjoy committing crime? Just for the benefit of it all. They just commit crime. I was in court last week. And this guy was in handcuffs. He said, what? How many times have I been to prison? How many times? I will enter, I will come out again. Ah, me. I have, I have gone to prison up to 10 times. So what is new there? And you will send me. By tomorrow, I'll be out again. He enjoys it. Praise the Lord. He enjoys it. Because he does not have the understanding of who he is. He does not know who he is. And do you know the funniest thing? When you go close to such people, you will find out that they are brilliant. They are. Thank you. They are. But because of the area, and you know, maybe the family they come out from, and the people that they move with, the belief they start operating in, you know, that is what they grow up you know, to live like and you, they live in that understanding. Praise the Lord. That is so for us in Jesus' name. But the spirit of grace helps us to live right. Praise the Lord. The spirit of grace helps us to live right. The spirit of grace is power. Praise the Lord. Grace is power, if you don't know. Grace is power. It gives you the ability to do the things that you think you can never do. First John 2, verse 1 and 2. I write these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. This means Jesus is the subject matter, not you. Praise the Lord. You are not the one being accused. Jesus Christ is the one being accused for your sake. Praise the Lord. You are not the one whose life is on the line. Jesus Christ's life is on the line for you and I. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is the one standing between you and God. Jesus Christ is the one taking the brunt of our punishment him that had no sin him that had no blemish him that had no stain him that cannot commit any sin he exchanged that nature for us he is the propitiation for our sins this means Jesus is the subject matter not you or what you have done Jesus' righteousness covers you because you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus Christ covers every one of us here. We must have that understanding. 
covers every one of us here. And we have been made to understand in Romans 8 that there is therefore no condemnation. Nothing can condemn you. How, how can anybody condemn you? Or how can anybody point an accusing finger at you when Jesus Christ has already taken the punishment? Jesus Christ has been accused. So nobody can accuse you again. Praise the Lord. He says, this is your liberty from sin. Praise the Lord. This is your liberty from sin. Jesus Christ's righteousness that covers us. Praise the Lord. Now, it is not just legally that sin can no longer have dominion over us. Because of your new reborn nature, you cannot begin to exercise dominion and experience victory over sin. Genesis, when you go to Genesis, you will see that, that I think that is what we treated last week. You have dominion. Praise the Lord. You have dominion. Begin to exercise it. Remember, you are who God says you are. Tell yourself, I am who God says I am. I am free. I am not controlled by sin. Praise the Lord. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They work. This word works. Experimentally, you can walk in dominion over sin because you are not under law but under grace. You can walk in dominion over sin. I think it's First Corinthians 9.27. He says, putting your um, flesh under subjection. That is dominion. You have the power to do it. Put your flesh under subjection. Flesh is subject to you. You are a spirit. Praise the Lord. So you have the power. You have dominion. You have authority to put your flesh under. Praise the Lord. I'll just um, read this and round up with that. We now have dominion over sin and can exercise that dominion. We cannot say no to sin because you have the power. I said earlier that grace gives us power. So exercise that dominion over sin. And the way you can do it is this. Study the word of God. As you study the word of God, it cleanses you. You are being transformed. And as you hear the word of God also, it helps you. We do not have to obey it anymore. We do not have to obey sin anymore. Sin cannot rule over us. Sin cannot dictate to us. Sin cannot tell us what to do. Sin cannot direct ourselves. Praise the Lord. We can exercise dominion over sin. We cannot present all the parts of our being to God as instruments of righteousness and no longer present them to Satan as instruments of unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. Let me just run it up, up to this place. However, if we are not experiencing total dominion over sin, it does not mean we are not under grace or that we are not saved. Can you see that? Or that we are not saved. I will take that again. However, if we are not experiencing total dominion over sin, it does not mean we are not under grace. You are still under grace. 
Because it was when we were in sin that Jesus Christ died for us. So it is not by your good behavior or by your bad behavior. Praise the Lord. So we are made to understand here that it does not mean that we are not under grace anymore or that we are not saved or that we are in danger of losing our salvation. Mm-mm. Rather, it simply means we are yet to learn how to exercise dominion. Praise the Lord. We are yet to learn how to exercise dominion. Take your place. Stand your ground. Be bold. Speak the word. We, it says, let me take that again. We are yet to learn how to exercise the dominion we have as born again believers in grace. Praise the Lord. Take your place. Stand your ground. Understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Understand everything that you, you have in Christ Jesus. Understand the abilities and the power that you have in Christ Jesus. Understand that you are not the same person you were when you were on the other side, when you were being ruled by the law. Now you are under grace. You are enjoying unmerited favor. You didn't have to fight for it. You didn't have to love first. But God loved us first. And he did what he did out of love. Praise the Lord. So you must understand that. I watched one film one day. I think it's uh, the Da Vinci Code or something like that. Anytime the guy commits sleep, he's an assassinator. He kills people, and then he will go back into his room, and then he will start beating himself. Will be beating. Some people are still doing it too. Some Roman Catholics, they are still doing it. They call it penance. They'll be beating themselves. They'll be beating themselves. They'll be beating themselves. Some of them will pack um, charcoal and pour it on their heads. Praise the Lord. We are not under that. Those ones are being ruled by the Lord. They don't understand who they are. They don't understand this gift that you and I enjoy. Praise the Lord. So I will leave us with this, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. So see yourself as who you are. See yourself as God sees you. Praise the Lord. Do we have any question? If there is no question, I will pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. Thank you, O Lord, for the mighty power for your love. Thank you, O Lord, for this word that we have heard this morning. Thank you, Father, because we are going back home blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, because we are going back home knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and operating in that realm in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.